Well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas, Christmas time is here, time for love and time for cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year, the hap, hap, happiest season of all. We've decked the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la, la 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 la, tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la, say it with me, la 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 la. So, if everything's so fa-la-la-la-la, then what's with that text Margot just read? It's kind of depressing, isn't it? Suffering. Sun and the moon will be dark and stars falling from the sky, not lighting the way. Beware, Jesus says. Keep awake. Now that'll get you in the Christmas mood, won't it? Of course, it's not Christmas yet. It's Advent, the second Sunday of Advent, the season of the Christian year where we ease into Christmas. Now, the word Advent means coming. And during Advent, that's what we focus on, the coming of Christ in the world. The prayer of Advent is the song that we will sing in a moment, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Rescue us, save us. Now, texts like this from Mark 13, they may not get us in the Christmas mood, but they get us in the Advent mood for sure, not that we need any help this year. All you have to do is look at the headlines, watch the news, pay attention to the world around us, and you see that our world is in need of Christmas hope. Not everything is fa-la-la-la-la. From injustice in Ferguson and New York City, which exposed a racial rift in our country that has long been ignored but cannot be denied. From senseless violence, even here, close to us in Pleasant Hill. Stories of rape and assault, ISIS, beheadings, climate change, sexism, sickness, cancer, hunger, suffering, death. Every day, more and more of the same. Keep awake, Jesus says. But how could we sleep? Because there's so much going on in the world, so much going on in our lives, there is enough to fear we stay up at night, dreading what is happening. We're awake, we're alert. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, rescue us. Now, the words of Mark may not seem appropriate in our joyous season, but they're appropriate for the times we live in. Now, our text is known to biblical scholars and to seminary grads who like to show off as Mark's little apocalypse. It sounds kind of fun, doesn't it? Kind of cute. Oh, it's a little apocalypse. Now, contrast it with a big apocalypse like the book of Revelation, and you get a better picture for what this text is supposed to be. Apocalypse is big and small are texts that have a lot in common. They usually contain this confusing language about the end times, dark language. Stars love to fall in apocalypses. Suns are darkened. Moons become like blood. Things get really, really bad because they're talking about the end of the world. And our reaction to these texts, if we don't avoid them, is usually to fear them. Because the end is near, the Son of God says. The Son of Man may return at any moment. Get your house in order. Be prepared. Beware. Stay awake. 
But is this what Jesus is after today? Is fear what he's looking for? Keep awake. Yeah, he says it. But why? Now, often when Jesus delivers hard to understand teachings, he usually gives us a parable that further complicates things. Since this text is more dark than others, Jesus offers two parables, one about a fig tree and one about a master leaving and then returning. Now, in the fig tree parable, we're told to learn a lesson from this fig tree. It may have been a long winter, Jesus says, but when you see buds forming on the fig tree, you know summer will be here soon. In the second parable, we're told that the Son of Man's return is like a master who goes on a journey. And and when he goes, he puts his employees in charge of things. The employees keep things going, make everything ready, and are always on their watch, eager for the master's return. Those are the parables. Now, I don't know much about winter, not yet, but I'm sure that once we end the end, near the end of our first Iowa winter, we will be looking for signs of a new season anywhere we can find it, eager for warmer days. I remember when we came to visit here on our candidate Sunday, it was kind of the first warm weekend of the year, and we, we drive around different neighborhoods, and everyone's out. It's like an episode. It's like the Truman Show. Everyone's happy, walking on the streets, walking their dogs, riding their bikes. Spring is near. Now, I do know a thing or two about being put in charge of things while the boss is away. This has happened to me uh, in my past, and it's never, well, at first, it's a little fun being in charge. You think that, that, that you have a chance to show off, but soon your limits are tested. You don't always know what to do in every situation. You begin to worry about things falling apart. It's your problem now. And when the boss finally returns... You are more than eager for his advent, and you are ready to throw a party. Now, both of these parables Jesus gives us are about watching. Both are about staying awake, waiting for the day to come that could come at any moment. Both of these parables are also about joy. That joy you have when what you're waiting for finally arrives. Now, joy... That's a strange emotion for a text about the end of the world, stars falling, fear, and suffering. But wait. Now remember, back to when Margot read it a moment ago, maybe reference your sheet in the bulletin. Our text, this whole little apocalypse, began with what phrase? But in those days, Jesus says, after the suffering. After the suffering. Now, I thought this text was about the coming fear and suffering, the end of the world, dark nights ahead. But it's not. It's not about the suffering at all. It's about what happens after the suffering. This text is about birth. It's painful, yes. It can happen at any moment. But after the pain, after the suffering, behold, new life. Now, let me tell you a parable of my own. Keep awake. For you will never know when that baby will be born. Morning, night, or noon. It may be two weeks early or a week late. Not right on time. 
So keep awake. Be prepared. Have the driveway shoveled. Have your hospital bag packed. Have guest preachers lined up just in case he comes early, which he won't. Text Rick Elkin, or not Rick Elkin, text Gary Fox the night before and say, well, I don't think he's coming today. And he'd Rick, or Rick, why do I want to call him Rick? He'd Gary's advice that, well, in my experience, these things hap- happen to happen in the middle of the night. Stay awake. Because before the baby is born, there will be contractions and pain, so I've heard, exhaustion, water will break. And when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, that he is at the very gates. Then, After the suffering, there will be new life and great joy. A son coming into the world with power and glory. Now that is a parable I can understand today. Maybe not fig trees or masters going away, but waiting for new birth. Keep awake, Jesus says, for you never know when new life will be born in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm used to preparing for the worst. But Mark's little apocalypse, it's not about preparing for the worst. It's about preparing for the best. There is so much going on in our world, so much pain, so much suffering. But keep awake. Keep waiting. For there, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of injustice, peace is being born. New life is here. Now, a couple weeks ago, when our friend Sarah was here and we were patiently waiting for Oliver's arrival, we decided what better thing to do while we wait than to watch our favorite Christmas movies. Now, one of our favorites, we'll confess, is Love Actually. And let me say, if you haven't seen it, the rating does suggest it's not a family Christmas movie, which is why we watched it after the children were nestled all snug in their beds. But the movie tells the story of several people's encounters with love. Some almost lose love. Some miss love. Some discover love in the most unlikely and inappropriate places. Some find love just when they thought it would never happen. They were ready to give up. And the message through all these stories is a simple one. Love actually is all around. Now, you can Google the movie and you can see a lot of different reviews. Most of them are pretty critical. The movie is too idealistic. It's not realistic. That's not the way the world is. And probably they're right. It's hard to see it, I know. When the pain of aging sets in, when holidays come and loved ones are no longer with us, when the diagnosis is not what we had hoped, when news depresses, when streets break out in long, festering rage, it's enough to make us want to give up, to go to sleep. But keep awake, Jesus says, because there in the midst of the pain, there are people refusing to give in to the violence and are building bridges of peace. There in the midst of the pain, there are people giving their lives to make this world better. There are people fighting cancer with dignity and hope. People overcoming addiction. Marriages, marriages, healing. Families stretched and stressed, but still together. Still supporting, still loving. There are people sharing meals and laughs together. Giving to those without. Serving those in need. Don't miss it. Stay awake. Keep watch. It's coming. Christ 
is coming. One day, yes, through the clouds with great power and glory, after the suffering, after the pain, Christ is coming. But maybe, maybe Christ is already here. Maybe Christ never left. Maybe we just fell asleep. May this Advent season wake us up so that we can see that hope, peace, joy, and love are actually all around us. And that Christ is here right now in our presence, birthing new life into this world. Amen. Now let us sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I know we sang it last week, but I wasn't here. And it's my favorite hymn, so we're singing it again. It's an Advent hymn and our song of preparation as we come before the table of Christ.